0: So stupid, he
1: comes across in front of me every single
2: time he overtakes. Where did he want me to go off the track? No one. Still talking to me in the braking zone. I
3: guess when they told Mark Marquez to go out there and break an arm, I don't think they meant it literally. Welcome back to Motorsport 101.
1: I you are the world champion. That was exciting.
3: Hey, everybody! Welcome to episode two forty nine of Motorsport One Hundred and One. I am your friendly neighbour, host Mr. Dre Harrison. Good to see you, as always. I uh, hope you guys are having a lovely, uh, lovely week and all that. So. In this week's episode, oh, I guess it's one half of a very strange double recording. I'll get to the uh, well, actually. Should we, should we, uh, given what we have, what we know, what's going to be on the end, then it's probably best we get this out of the way now at the top. Yeah. But first and foremost, uh, we'll we'll get our, our rest of the panel. And as always, as always, Mr. Ryan King. Hello, sir.
0: Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, glad that I got here without having to break my arm.
3: That is a solid requirement and prerequisite uh, to be on the show this week, certainly. I, I, I cannot complain with this logic at all. RJ O'Connell, hello, sir.
1: Hey, uh, back from my from my war room, my bunker in Super GT World Headquarters covering the opening race. Uh, if you have not seen it on YouTube, go ahead and do so. Uh, spoilers, a lot of Toyota-related goodness in that one. Um, And also, I spent some of the weekend uh, watching what is effectively the racing equivalent of the Top Gear Brit Car 24 Hours Challenge, but taking place not at Silverstone, but on a freeway interchange in the middle of Lithuania.
3: As you (sighs) do. Why not? That that doesn't sound out of place at all. (laughs) And Cam Buckley. Hello, sir.
2: Hello, everyone. Uh, No qualifying, no problem.
3: Oh, dear. And Cam's saying this one in bed because he's a lazy bastard like that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I
2: got a perfectly healthy hour and a half of sleep last night. I'm fine.
1: Yeah, an hour and a half, 90 uh, minutes. That's all tough. the sleep you need. Yeah.
3: Like, yeah, who needs eight hours when he can just, you know, just crash and burn for an hour and a half instead? Uh, right. Right. So, let's get this out of the way from the top. This is a special, like, one-half of a double-header recording. We're recording part one now on July 22nd on Wednesday. Um, part two is going to be coming out on Saturday. And we say that because it's a special occasion. It'll be our 250th episode here on Motorsport 101. Woo! Hey! Minor celebration! We
0: did we it, celebra- you, you say coming oh. out on Saturday. It's it's it's, kind of. it's not coming out on Saturday. It's Whoa! What? Whoa! What? What's going on here, King? It's it's being recorded on Saturday, and for the first time ever, live on video. Ah, oh,
1: shit! That's right. Motorsport One Hundred One is coming to YouTube. Not just our video essays, but the podcast as well.
3: Yes, we have a new permanent home We're gonna be live recording these episodes On YouTube Motorsport 101 is now officially a visual medium
0: So now oh, we have to I, show, I, I show to Shower, yourself.
1: look presentable All that good stuff <laughs>
0: I, I wouldn't get too far yet I I, I don't wanna say technical limitations we, we haven't gotten Absolutely everything set up yet so, Yeah, still a work in progress Yeah, still It's, it's, in, it's in beta Uh Fire the cannons! Uh, so, do it! So basically, <laughs> if you uh, come to the recording on Saturday, you pretty much are gonna see a bit into the sausage maker about how the show's made after 250 episodes. Nobody want. A, a pa-
1: I would say nobody wants to know how the sausage is made, but looking at our uh, panel of uh, patrons who are uh, watching and listening as we're recording this. I think there is very much interest in how this sausage is made.
3: Uh, first of all, could we please not borrow my old Drey Brief clips from, like, 2017, please? It's a very painful <laughs> time. It was a painful time for me in my video-making life. But, uh, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, it is in beta, we're still working out some kinks, but in theory, we have something that resembling... A visual medium for the podcast now. Yeah, we're, we're
0: very close. We're, we're 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 not the people who are like ah, oh, early access when we're clearly not even close to releasing it.
3: Yeah, we we are. As as Cam alluded to earlier, we're pre alpha. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, we are, it is in the pipeline. It is our first proper live run on Saturday, and that'll be episode two hundred and fifties recording. Obviously, it will still take a little bit longer to. Um, edit, chop down, all that good stuff get it out there via the usual mediums but it will eventually, we hope, be a permanent way of recording podcasts going forward Motorsport
1: 101 is a service we would absolutely never (laughs) do that to (laughs) y'all
2: not like BMW is doing with fucking heated seats in their cars fuck BMW, all my homies hate BMW
1: and by extension we hate Tesla too
3: yeah, well, well uh, so we, we are now officially becoming a live service, ligu- literally and figuratively. So we'll be recording these visual mediums the same way we did before on Discord right now. So if you're a $10 Patreon backer in the future, you'll get an unlisted link to a YouTube recording where we record these episodes literally, once again, live before they go out. Yeah. Hey,
0: advertising line. And it makes Fine it enough. easier because it's an unlisted link. All you have to do is be on Patreon, so maybe if you're Discord-averse, you could still come to the recordings live, and as well, uh, it'll be available, once we get out of beta, and we get all the kinks ironed out, uh, you'll be able to listen to the show after the fact, on YouTube, which is insane. (laughs) In full, yeah, it just makes everything a little
3: bit easier for us, uh, in the long run, in the sense of, it's it cuts out some of the back end because i mean all of us work full time jobs on this show so it's obviously yeah. not not the most ideal juggling all of that um i'm back into making videos as well as working a full time job so it's it's a lot it's a lot of pressure and uh, youtube takes a lot of the back end out for us hopefully this also means we can get videos we can get videos out a little bit quicker more podcast highlights as well as the full Recordings of episodes on our YouTube channel as an archive for everybody to listen to, which is always a plus, which will most likely time release whenever whenever they come out with everybody else. Um, And like I said, hopefully we'll get these episodes out a little bit faster because we have acknowledged that sometimes it is a little bit time delayed. It does take a little bit of time to put these together and sometimes we're a week behind. It happens. It's not your fault, RJ. It happens. We're busy people. It happens. So hopefully, this takes a lot of the back end out of that, makes us a little bit more efficient, and it's more ways you can listen to us. And what's not to love about that? And you can watch us, which, to be honest, we uh, we might need some eye candy on the show. Um, <laughs> I'm letting the side down here. Like, I like like RJ's got great hair. King's got the porn stash back. Cam's in bed. Like, I I, I haven't got anything to bring to the table here. Besides. Football jerseys. It's the shirts. Yeah. <laughs> it's the
1: shirt. As seen on Fast Talkers.
3: Uh, as seen on Fast Talkers. So what are we uh, talking about today? Indeed. So, on top of that, we'll be talking everything that wasn't Formula 1 last week, basically. So that'll be the true season opener for MotoGP, which gets the main event slot this week. Um, Mark Marquez staging a ridiculous comeback and then changing the entire course of the season in one fell accident. Or two, depending on how you want to look at it. Maybe,
2: Um, (laughs) according to news today. Maybe,
1: maybe not. Yeah, we have to we'll cover see. not only this accident, but how his prognosis has evolved after high-siding it into the gravel. Yeesh!
3: Of the literally of the literally several hours after his operation, uh, we'll also talk about Fabio and his and the very under the, under the table first career victory for the young Frenchman, the first French Grand Prix winner in the top flight for over twenty years. Uh, you could just tell King is already singing Le Marcier with his microphone muted just in case. Um, all of that, um, again, Dovi back on the podium, like, the Pramax looking competitive, KTM looking fast as all hell, um, and much, much more, as well as the support in AXMOTO too. Valentino Rossi's half-brother wins. Again, we've never heard that one before. um, as well as Murdo Free and uh, uh, another win for a, a, a certain young Spaniard and MotoGP in BT Sport in a studio back in in East London. Very disappointed that the wee McPhee was yeeted into a gravel trap. What a shame. Um, and after that, we'll be talking some IndyCar as well. We'll be talking about both races we had in Iowa. Double the corn, double the high fructose corn syrup.
1: And now, now I should say, potentially a property of, uh, of Petsky Motorsport.
3: Yeah, because you might be buying the track. But uh, we had some dramatic, we, we had some dramatic um, results in qualifying and two pretty crazy races as uh, Simon Pagina completed the infamous last-to-first yeah! challenge that Arava does on F1 YouTube every goddamn time. Yeah! And race two, where the return of Joseph Newgarden taking the belt to the yeah! opposition in Iowa. Stop me if you've heard that yeah! one before. Uh, yeah! <laughs> and a bit of news on top of that. Sprinkled in over the course of the show. Um Cam, I heard you wanted to talk a little bit of uh, sports cars before we really got into it as well. Get it out of the way now. Good man. <laughs> uh
2: yeah, sports cars. Um Death taxes Cadillac at Sabring. One, two, three. Yeah. Um
1: As it turns out, Felipe Nazar Felipe yeah. Nazar much quicker after coronavirus. It's great to see that he's back.
2: Yeah, Felipe Nazar contracted COVID nineteen and had to miss the Daytona um two forty round uh, a couple weeks ago. Hmm. Well, he's back. And alongside his co-driver Pipo Durrani, they laid the hammer on everyone.
1: It's like watching Ronaldo and Ronaldinho in their prime. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Complete, complete of a soccer game on the on the Nintendo sixty four, which was yeah. made in Peru. People forget yeah. that the game wasn't made in Brazil, but it was made in Peru. Of course,
0: save what did it, you expect?
2: Save it for the semantic stone. Running down the rest of the classes, Corvette one two with the new C Second win in a row for the mid engine Corvette.
1: Yeah, the Corvette that's not for boomers.
2: Yep, and uh, after experiencing pain because. Well, the two cars, two team cars hitting each other, Bug. Well, it bit the Porsche team. The two Porsches Mm. collided in pit lane. The 912 had its nose surgically removed and the number 911 had a right rear puncture.
1: Bet you weren't happy about that.
2: I was the new Will Smith meme. Pain. Oh, oh, Lord. Just pain. Oh, man. So
3: so you're saying the Porsches got into an entanglement?
1: (sighs) we weren't recording, I'd take you right now. <laughs> uh, Lexus won GT Daytona, and now news has come out that Acura and Penske are going to mutually part ways because Acura wants more cars, Penske wants an exclusive program, Penske may be skipping next season to go partner with Porsche the year after next, which means Elio's got to find something to do besides get pulled over by police. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Very good, and unfortunately, as it so often does with uh, with IMSA, BOP kind of reared its ugly head. Um, this was not much of a race after the two Porsches not, hit each it was other. Peak BOPiness, yeah, peak penis, as um, as a wise <laughs> man once said.
0: Said penis. Oh, oh. yeah, is that BOP Ness? Oh, or is oh God? Oh,
1: god, Dray. Dray. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> my oh, my god. I picked up on that. I picked up on that. As I said, BOP Ness <laughs> <laughs> out loud. Yeah. Like, oh, that's supposed to say penis in the yes.
0: <laughs> you, you, guys, warned into that. No, like, this is guys,
1: a, this, this is a years-old old joke.
2: My fault. This is no, a years-old
0: joke. I thought it was, like, BOPness, like, sweetness, like, you know... Yeah, that you know, no, that is what it's supposed to be, it just happens to
2: sound a certain way.
3: Th- this, 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 this is on you, gun. This, this has got nothing to do with me. No, no, like, it's, it's
0: <laughs> completely on you. Bullshit! <laughs> yeah,
2: um, the pace between the cars is relatively close, although the Mazdas were a little off in qualifying after just slaughtering the field at Daytona. Hmm. But the pace wasn't the problem, the pace, the... The issue was fuel consumption, where the Cadillacs could go just full bore, 100% attack, and still be able to do the race on three stops. The Acuras had to fuel save and had to do four stops anyways. Number seven Acura had a turbo problem very early in the race, which took them
1: out of competition anyways. Second engine issue in a row for that team.
2: And right, the Mazdas, because
1: when you think, uh, when you think yeah. uh, fuel economy, especially in the road car segment, you think, right, Cadillac clearly has an advantage over Honda.
2: Yeah, yeah clearly the 5.5 liter pushrod V8 is the most fuel-efficient solution. Long really live is. the LS. Long live the LS. And the Mazdas, they tried the 3-stop with extreme fuel saving and actually ran out of fuel on the last lap, forfeiting a third and fourth place... In the number 5 Cadillac, taking the last spot on the podium, with King's eternal boy, Sebastian Bourdais, stealing the podium over the line.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, that was it. Was a crazy finish to watch.
2: Crazy finish, not much of a race. IMSA, get your shit together.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know if anything's as crazy as anything that we saw watching the Orem 1006 kilometers and the <laughs> Well, well uh, look, King. that is
2: just, uh, that is just... Porsche notching up another entry on the belt as the greatest endurance racing brand.
1: Yeah, for those of you who have never watched it, this is a 1,000-kilometer endurance race that literally takes place on a highway interchange. Yes, There it is takes a price. pit lane and a separate fuel stop that is literally just a fuel surface station off to the side yep. of the road. Yeah, it takes place uh, outside of
0: Palanga, Lithuania. Uh, a Baltic Sea beach town. Uh, but instead of getting scenic views of resorts or, or you know, the waterfront, we get a highway interchange. And
1: it is... <laughs> this is uh, one of the sketchiest tracks you'll ever see. For, for, like, most people
0: who, like, whether you're dealing with, like, British Motorways, or, like, the auto routes in France, or the autobahns or the American Interstate. Like, these highways aren't built for the same speeds. They're clearly lower speed... It's a clearly a lower speed interchange. Uh, look at and- this circuit. <laughs> for those of you who are watching along, look at this circuit. It is... And it only has, what, two... Like, it only has two left-hand corners. It is, it is it, a very just every corner is a right-hand corner it's really just long fast straights and right
2: no this is just the uh, this is the alternate layout of special stage route 7 from gran turismo 5
1: <laughs> this is what oh, they were no. planning with the F1 Miami Grand Prix where you literally have a part of the track going on one lane of the interstate and then it's a hairpin cord in the other lane on roads that are only meant to be taken at 80 clicks per hour yeah, which, is
2: like exactly why, which is exactly why it's a perfect racetrack to drive uh, Porsche 911 GT3 cup cars on.
0: Yeah, right. and, and, they ha- and the track has two chicanes at the end of the straight so people don't take the corners too quickly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is a shit show. Someone brought a modified, a lot of sedan. And when you think of yep. Lada, you think of these really dumpy 25-year-old looking sedans only they modified it and put a 5-liter V8 engine out of a Ford Mustang into this mug. (laughs) This immediately became Host Emeritus Adam Johnson's favorite car in the entire ordeal.
3: Of course course it was.
1: Oh yes, and of course, um, King, why is it the 1,006 kilometers? That's such an odd number. So the race distance is always a
0: 1,000 kilometers... Plus, the number, the channel number of the official broadcast of the race in Lithuania. It's on channel six. Hence, the race distance being a thousand and six kilometers. That's,
1: that has to be one of the most random lap rules in all of motorsport. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, and I feel like there is an opportunity for Motorsport One Hundred One to become the official radio broadcaster of this event to make it the Polenga One Thousand One Hundred and One Kilometers. <laughs> The oh, man, longest I... Palanga 1000 kilometers of all time. <laughs> Anybody want well, to take a trip to the beachside in Lithuania?
0: Oh, man. Are sure, we going to watch the Circle K Porsche win by
1: 14 laps again? The reason oh. why it won by that many laps is because they had a former F1 prospect, of Ralph Aaron, driving the car and just laying the <sighs> hammer on the field.
0: Yeah, and... I mean, the field was laying the hammer on itself. Let's be honest. Yeah, this, this, is, a, this is not is a like... very
1: professional group of drivers, shall we say? And we love it for that.
0: A TCR yeah. touring car finished in third place and on the same lap as the second place Porsche. Which is a much someone
2: take that 911 car. from them. Someone, someone <laughs> take it from them. They don't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> I say no, no. Forget Lamar. Forget Sabring, Forget Daytona. This is. This is the true display of endurance racing superiority. This is well. the
1: greatest thing Lithuania has contributed to sports since Zydrunas Agalskis was in his prime at the Cavs. <laughs> <laughs> yep, no one else. No one else.
0: There's been no other famous other Lithuanian athlete.
1: Hey, Arvita Sabonis is there. <laughs> Arvita Sabonis in his prime that Bill Simmons won't shut up about. Yeah, yeah, that, uh... that's it. There's There's been no one after him. That's it. <laughs> Just those two. Also, um, awesome. just rounding off this recap of endurance racing, although this was kind of a sprint. If you haven't watched the Super GT race, Toyota Supra's 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 in the top category. Rio Hirakawa and Nick Cassidy winning for Toyota Gazoo Racing Team Keeper Toms. It was a Toms 1-2. Saitama Toyopet Greenbrave, a team that is staffed entirely by service mechanics with their own Toyota Supra winning in GT300 for Hiroki Yoshida and Kota Kawai. Great story. Kawai making his sports car debut, wins on his first time out. Yoshida, a man who just a few years ago was the pace car driver in Super GT in between jobs, picking up the first win in a race he actually drove. Uh, again, it's on YouTube. You know where to find it. It's much better produced than anything we saw last year, and it's very By a worth your time watching. fucking mile. One more note as well: Janetta gone. Um, Janetta is gone. You want Dre? You want me to give you the quote from Janetta uh, CEO Lawrence Tomlinson about why he's oh, pulling go out? Go for it. Um, because he said, uh, "I like to do things that make me happy and make me money." And right now, <laughs> racing in the FIA World Endurance Championship does neither. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, what a close! So, yeah, God-tier that's Incredible. Quote. Um, there's going to be one wow. Janetta for Le-, Le Mans 24 Hours, and then that's it. Thus, leaving okay. for the rest of the year, two Toyotas, one Rebellion, and then at Le
1: Mans, add it, add in one Janetta and the bye callers. and then after that. Once uh, Hypercar is inevitably delayed because of coronavirus, well, what do they do now? Do they, they just make it to have... the new top class?
2: Well, look, if, if Hypercar is delayed, there's going to be no Rebellions, there's going to be no Genetas, and there's going to be the buy callers at like two or three races. So for most of next year, it'll just be the two Toyotas
1: lapping alone. I think okay. they should just dust off some of the older models and uh, sell them to some privateers.
2: No, Por- Porsche should just clean up the 919, drag it out of the
1: museum, and go for it. Say, do you think we could drive the the privateer Porsche 919 hybrid? I think we're fit enough, right? I mean, we've got iRacing racing experience to some degree. No, like, like, <laughs> no hope. Wow, no, no, just, no. I'm thinking we put no. a fuel.
2: I'm thinking we put a fuel flow limiter on the caddy dpi put a big turbocharger on it and bring it homologated as an lmp1 see what happens
0: come on come on wayne come on wayne (laughs) look we'll give the ls
2: we'll give the ls its first overall win at le mans
0: (laughs) i think you lot
3: are all speaking out of hope
2: we ls swap the aco it's more reliable
3: you lot have all lost your minds i swear to god (laughs) Right, I'm taking care of the housekeeper before Cam comes out with more crazy shit. Um <laughs> right, you could find us youtube.com forward slash motorsport one oh one. You wanna go over there, trust me on this, more on that at the end of the show. Facebook.com forward slash motorsport one oh one, Twitter and motorsport underscore one oh one, and if you'd like to follow us personally, you can at Harrison101 HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, and at C Buckley917. Uh, and if you really, really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101 $5 gets you early access to all of our shows uh, $10 will get you into the supporters club of our Discord server And access to be able to listen to these shows live as they're being recorded See, I've got to separate them now mm. um, <laughs> All of that and details and much more on our website Motorsport101.com Right, after this quick musical interlude We'll talk about MotoGP and, well, Mot Mar- Marquez, but not for the reasons you'd expect. MotoGP's back, everybody! Yeah! Yes!
1: Woo! We did it, Reddit! Woo! We had a trial run and cutter with just the uh, the second and third categories, but now we got the big boys back in action. It's been over two hundred forty days, but it's back. Yes, um, and the uh... Americans can finally watch it on an actual TV channel. Yay! Oh, thank
2: goodness. I mean, Come it was tape from... delayed, but thank goodness. We'll Good Good take it. We'll
1: fucking take it. Yeah, good it. ass ratings.
2: Better than being sports. <laughs> That's not saying much, Cam. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The bar is actually in the inner core of the Earth.
1: Dre, Cam, take this one away because uh, we got a lot to talk about.
3: Yeah, uh, first, as mentioned, first race weekend in a good nine months. Uh, well, proper race weekend for the big boys, anyway. Um, Jaref, again, the first of two races we'll have at Haref. We're back again this weekend for round two in the, what I like to call the regional nickname Grand Prix version. Uh, as you do, it's becoming a trend in, in motorsport this year. Um, qualifying, and we had yet again, like, honestly, in MotoGP, it's kind of funny now that like, there are three dudes that are faster than everybody else over a single lap, and it's clearly Mark Marquez, Fabio Quattraro, and Maverick Vinales. And I think, it's now something like 22 consecutive races where one of those three have been on pole position um, for a Grand Prix. Fabio Quattararo broke the all-time lap record of 136.705 um, to take pole position by a whisker over um, Vinales second and Mar- Marquez third. Marquez was on course for a lap record, but then lost two temps in the final sector. It was a weird sort of session where you could actually run two laps on—you know—you could actually run two laps on the track if you looked off the tyres well enough. So it was often the second lap where the gains would come through, but uh, Marquez dropped off like a cliff in the final sector. But uh, fast forward to the race itself, <laughs> this was interesting. We had quite—we had like a leading group of seven or eight dudes at the start where we had. Um Maverick take the whole shot. we had Fabio up there. we had Mark up there. we had Dovi we had Frankie Morbidetti was up there, Pola Spagaro was up there, and like we had just about everybody from all walks of motorcycle not named Suzuki um on there, and what made it
2: we should mention why
3: yes, because there there were two already uh did not start going into this race weekend. Alex Rins um, had a whopper of a crash in qualifying on the very fast turn 10-11 complex at the back of the circuit, Um, thrown off the bike into the gravel, um, dislocated his shoulder, um, basically. Dislocated and broke. Yeah, dislocated and, and broken. Yeah, he's apparently already feeling a lot better because he's a bike rider. Therefore, he has the regenerative abilities of Wolverine. More on that later. Um, but uh, yeah, Rins uh, sadly was was declared unfit, had to go um, to the hospital and get that operated on. Um, hopefully he'll be back for Bruno in a couple of weeks time. But uh, that was one. The second major DNS was Cal Crutchlow. Remember this. This becomes important later. A Honda yeeting him off into uh, into the gravel as well. Um, mild concussion symptoms and a broken scapuloid, which is about as bad a bone break as you can get as a bike rider these oh, days. Um, they're already talking that Crutchlow might come back this weekend. Um, it's touch and go, but they'll see. Uh, what they can do with Cal and see if he's able to ride this weekend for the second her race. But yeah, as a result of those casualties, both of those guys did not make the grid. Um, that was unfortunate. And then to make matters even worse for Suzuki, and mere binned it three laps in. Uh, so, Suzuki with a double donut for the weekend, unfortunately. Um,
2: all that uh, all that preseason promise you, right out the window first weekend.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Again, remember this, this becomes important later, but the way the calendar is going, mistakes are going to be heavily punished the way this season and the way this calendar is going to play out.
0: Yeah, it reminds me, it reminds me of what Christian Horner said about Formula 1, where in Formula 1 they're, they're saying that they have to treat every race like it's a cup final. Hmm. And this very much
3: felt that way when we had, you know, two big DNS's before the race had even started, and of course... We've actually been under a rock for the neck for the last three days. You know what, you know what's about, what's about to happen, basically. Now, we get to about f- six or seven laps in. Mark Marquez has just taken the lead. He's overtaken Fabio, um, sorry, sorry he's overtaken Maverick Vinales. Taking the early lead. Yeah. Three corners later, big near miss. Um, it's the long sweeping left hander between turns three and four. Um big wobble, Marquez somehow saves it by going into the gravel trap, keeps it upright, is able to keep it going. Um but he falls to sixteenth place um due to the uh, gravel excursion, shall we say. Um falls back so far he's even behind his brother. Uh, there's a joke there somewhere. Um so we're thinking, okay, yeah, you know, Marquez is gonna be in recovery mode, we'll see what he can get meanwhile Fabio Cotteraro takes the lead of the race from the front from Maverick he was running a soft soft um, tire strategy it was a bit of a gamble he'd gone softer than everybody else didn't really work out in the end um, Still, a that
2: decent. front tire was melting like a 2013 Pirelli yeah.
1: dude I'm surprised he even held onto a podium place Given how much he was struggling before we even got to the halfway point.
3: Yeah, he was he was limping round for a good chunk of that race, but still brought home a... I think it'll happily take a second, given the context of uh, the race he had had around him. But Fabio was looking pretty comfortable at the front of the field. Meanwhile, further back, Mark Marquez was taking chunks out of the field. Um, he it- was...
2: He was passing bikes with reckless abandon.
3: Yeah, uh, he, he passed uh, Alicia Spargaro before he, ended, uh, he passed Valentino Rossi. R- Valentino Rossi actually got out of the way. I have never in 20 years... He had looked, Valentino he looked over
2: fight. his shoulder. He looked over his shoulder and said, I don't want the smoke.
3: No, no. I've, I've seen Rossi race for 20 years. I have never seen him get out of the way for a rider in the middle of a race. Um, I've never seen that. Petrux uh, was dispatched. Johan you know, Zarco, his brother.
2: Nobody, nobody could defend against Marquez for more than two corners.
3: Yeah. even if uh, even
2: if he'd pass them and then get repassed, he would just cut back around them. Yeah, he was cutting three or four, sometimes five tenths out of the entire field at
0: will.
3: Yeah, he was he was going faster than Quateraro, the race leader. He cut through to the 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 middle pack: Petrux, uh, Nakagami, Miguel Oliveira. Um, Francisco Bagnaio who was just dropping off the lead group Um, then I saw by the time he got to that point I think Morbidelli was at the back of the front group by then, there's 8 laps to there's like like 12 laps to go and he's 3.5 seconds behind that leading group he takes that group apart in 5 laps gets to the back of that train passes Morbidelli passes Polar Spagaro passes Jack Miller, even though Miller was Miller was the only one that really put up any sort of real resistance um, for a couple of corners, because he's jackass. What did you expect? Um, he passes Dovey for what would then be third place, and he's bearing down on Maverick Vinales until he's Beclipped, running in second place. He
2: clipped the white
3: paint. He clipped the paint on the exit of turn three, he goes into a hellacious high side, flings him into the gravel. There's no saving this one, and this time Marquez comes up limp and hurt. Um,
2: yeah, um, when he went into the gravel, he he gets launched into the gravel. The bike chases him, and arm arm meets tire.
3: Yeah, and uh, this time, to- like, like Marquez, immediately looks at his wrist, and that's when you know it was a bad one, and. We we've often like been in awe of Marquez like somehow being made of rubber. This time it looked bad. He was carted off on a stretcher um, and taken straight to um, straight to the medical center. Um, that kind of overshadowed the finish really because by that point Quintero was just breaking away from from the second pack and uh, yeah, Quintero would go on to win the race very comfortably, then by a good four and a half seconds from Maverick. Um, but everybody was waiting for news on Marquez, everybody was speculating, then we got the official medical diagnosis. Broken humorous. Yep. It's...
1: I don't find this humorous. Yeah. Not not but, very
2: humorous at all. Um...
1: So you know what I find wild is how uh, Marquez's prognosis evolved yeah. from immediately gonna... after the diagnosis to like now as we're recording this, because... When we first heard about this, this was like, that's it. Not only is this title chances done, this could potentially be a career altering injury. Yeah, yeah, because
2: where where he had his fracture on the humerus, it was a it was a non-displaced fracture. Three quarters of the way up the humerus is where the radial nerve fits into a groove on your humerus. And if you sever that, if there is damage to that, in, in the context of the MotoGP rider, that is kind of what helps you, you know, open and close the throttle, which is a little important on a
0: motorcycle. Just, to talk Just a touch, yeah. Because, like, if you sever that nerve, you not only like you straight up lose feeling, like you you can't feel the resistance, and yeah. uh, you, you're never you the probably, same again. Yeah, you're never the same. You're not going to be able to put as much force down on with with that
1: with that arm anymore. Yeah. It's like hey. an NFL quarterback uh blowing out their shoulder. It's like a basketball player who thrives off of athleticism rupturing their Achilles. Yeah, you know, like you you'll
0: have a normal life but like you can't you can't use it at 100% a hundred percent. Yeah,
2: it's, it's, especially it's, with Marquez, who's you know his party trick is his front end feel on the motorcycle.
3: Yeah, it's it's, it's a lot like Matteo Pasini, who has no feeling in his wrist, so he has to he has to basically operate the brake and the throttle with his other good hand when he was riding a Moto Two bike. Um, last season and whatnot. He's he's made... That, that's been a, a, a critical part of his career is that he had an accident one time and he lost the feeling in his right hand. Um, that was the fear. Um, thankfully, it was not that. We, we had... Uh, Marquez had his... Yeah,
2: yeah. He got about... He got about as lucky as... If you're going to break your humorous, he had about as lucky a break as he could have had. Mm-hmm. No nerve was... damage. No so nerve now we're damage. thinking,
1: right. He has surgery... And yeah, it's going to suck, he's going to miss the uh, the next race at Hereth, but it's not as bad as we could have feared.
2: Yeah, we, we, we were thinking the general idea is that he would be back for Brno, would only miss one race, until about two hours before recording, when it came out that apparently the man is pushing to be back this weekend.
3: Right. He's gonna. Fl-
2: what do they make them out of? It's cerveza. Uh, what? I,
3: I, like, like porridge. Lots of porridge. Like he apparently he is going to fly back to herf on Thursday and see and you know just test out the possibility of him being able to ride the bike. Um, it is. Yeah, it, he broke it his is, arm
2: four days ago.
3: Yeah. Um, it's it's a bit like Valentino Rossi a couple of years ago when he came back from broken leg and rode a bike in two weeks. It was just. It's it's superhuman stuff. Um, he's he's gonna he's gonna, he's got to go down there. He's gonna test his fitness out. Obviously, a doctor's got to sign him off on it. But he's seeing if he can ride a bike this weekend.
2: And well, well, look at it like this: if if he can coming back and being one hundred percent himself, look, he had about half a second's worth of pace to give away to the
1: field. Talk yeah, I wanted to himself. talk about this sequence of laps: mm-hmm. lap eleven, fastest lap of the race, one thirty eight three seven two. Then he does a 38.5, 38.6, 38.5, 38.5, 38.4. Bulletproof. This dude's, as he is chopping his way up through the field.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. He was lapping faster while also passing people.
1: Yeah. If he finishes this race, it's one of his greatest rides of his career, if he finishes that race.
2: Yeah, talk about coming. He has pace. He not only has pace to give away just to everyone else, you know, if he just rides around and gets some points, say gets a top six or seven finish, that's a win. That helps stem the bleeding in the championship. If he comes back this weekend, championship is still on for a man who just broke his fucking arm.
3: Yeah, this is... Honestly, it's like, I know people that have been very critical of this incident, and I made an analogy on, on video about this on Motorsport 101 where I said... It reminds me a lot of Dorktown and John Boys, where he talks about the Seattle Mariners and he says, "Well, okay, do you want to see the pictures from when they beat the Yankees in '95? Here you go. This is what you want to see. You want to see Edgar in the locker room. You want to see the picture of Griffey on the, on, on the bottom of the dog pile." And he said, "If that's what this team is to you, then then you're not ready for this team yet." Because and obviously, you're like, not talking about all the bad, the shit, and the crazy that comes with that team. No, Maybe no, I've not seen like that Dre,
0: I, I I think you missed that section of the video. Those things never actually happened. You know what I meant? <laughs>
3: Stop <laughs> pissing on my analogy. <laughs> it makes it made sense in my head, okay? <laughs> the point is is that if you're criticizing Marquez for overdoing it, you've clearly not been paying attention to the way that Honda has been calibrated and the way he rides a motorcycle for the last half decade.
2: I I like how um and, and uh Someone said this to Matt Oxley, who then uh, he titled his uh, article on this that way, where he said, what are you going to tell? Are you going to tell a tiger to not go for the kill? that's That's like telling... That's what you're doing when you're saying, well, Marquez shouldn't be overriding the bike. The whole
1: reason... Tiger only knows a couple things. It's to kill, and it's to sleep, and it's to breed. Marquez's whole...
2: His whole MO is... I am going to win this race or you're taking me home in a fucking Ziploc bag. That has been his mentality since he got onto a fucking motorcycle. Yeah. You're not going to change that.
3: Yeah. And- a lot of us
2: love it. And right now, with, with the Honda the way it is, and the Honda being... People say, oh, the bike is calibrated to Marquez. Really, Marquez is just... He's masking its flaws through sheer blood force.
3: Yeah, it's... it's and every it's, now it's and mitigation. again...
2: He can't. Yeah, he's mitigating its flaws with its really odd front-end problems. Yeah. And it bit him once in the race, and then the crash actually caused the injury. I don't think it was a Honda problem. He just, he clipped the paint. It happens.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he went from having, he went from being literally on the limit of traction to that limit being dropped in a second, and him not, being able to react and just be thrown off. Yep, the first yeah, was save just... was
1: one of his best, and even though he didn't finish in spectacular fashion, I mean, if he if he finishes that race, it's one of the best rides of his career, and this still might be one of his best.
2: It, it kind of showed what Marquez is all about, and I mean, we talked about on the last uh, on the last show about well, Alberto Puig is he's in a power struggle to. Show the world that it's not just Marquez. Well, if he doesn't ride this weekend, you got your wish. <laughs> Have fun scoring points. Right. Because other outside of Mark and Cal, and we don't know how good Cal is going to be coming back this weekend, if he comes
3: back this weekend. Um, Indeed.
2: Alex Marquez, who's on full factory equipment and, you know, obviously getting all the pointers he can from his brother.
3: Man's trying, man's trying. Yeah, that race was the full Mark Marquez experience. Um again wishing wishing the, the man good a spe- and the bad. Wishing wishing the man a speedy recovery because he is the most entertaining in person in all of motorsport as far as I'm concerned. Um, he as as, as uh, Gavin Emmett said on on Twitter after the race, the man is box office, um, and he was he was really the only reason this race was worth watching because it was a bit tame otherwise, um, and yeah, Marquez once again, he, like I wouldn't say he's moving the needle, he is the needle, as uh, as, as as far as i as, as I'm concerned. Um, right, running down some of the results and getting some observations in. Fabio Quartararo, as I said, winning by 4.6 seconds over Maverick Vinales. Andrea Dovizioso, who let's not forget was on an operating table for a broken collarbone two weeks ago, just had his best ever finish at Jaref. Third, on yeah, the podium. On. You
1: can't make this up. Yeah. I was trying the- to debate who had the who shit housed their way to better results. Maverick on soft front tires that had melted halfway into the race. Or Davi on a track that he's never good at while in the middle of a contract dispute. No, by the way, he just cracked his collarbone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would almost, you know, Ducati is famously trash at Harath. They have been awful here since 2006. This is their best results since 2006. Yeah. Uh, I know you said it in your video, Dre. Mm. Watch Davi for this title because this is about as much of a Yamaha track as there is on the whole shortened calendar. And Davi kept everyone. Stuff is yeah.
1: evolved because we know Marquez might not miss time. But let's say Marquez has a couple of cluckers Between this top three, it could realistically be open to any one of them. And yeah. who do you I think like, is best positioned?
2: If, if you look at this track, you think this is the most Yamaha track in the world. And Davi kept them very honest. Yeah. That should be an ominous sign for the rest of the year. Listen especially to- when we know he basically has two banker rounds in Austria.
3: That's exactly the point I was going to make. Listen to me now, believe me later on, Dovi should be title favourite, and if he isn't, I think you're crazy. I've said it many a time, a lot of people get excited about the new wave of youngsters like Fabio's first win, like Maverick, who still hasn't put together a full title campaign yet as far as I'm concerned, like Miller, like Morbidelli. The point I was going to make is that none of them have even beaten Davizioso over a, over a full season yet, let nope. alone Marquez. Dovi is the reigning three-time championship runner-up. He had his best season in the sport last year, even though he only won two races. He put together more points than, than any season he'd had prior. Like, Dovi is the favorite, and I don't care what anyone says to me. Like, uh, two rounds of...
0: Yeah, especially over, you know, the shortened format, it plays into Dovi's hands. It plays into people who can be consistent and finish well consistently consistently. It's fantastic to win a Grand Prix but if you finish, you know, outside the top 5 or top 10 one weekend, it's over.
3: Yeah. And look, the X factor here is Fabio. I don't know what he's going to do in this climb with a year's experience under his belt. That's the X factor. In yeah, the I rules. kind
1: of feel like we're underselling because it was in pretty dominant fashion and Marquez fell, but we're kind of underselling. This is first Premier Class victory. Indeed, yeah. Like, and, and the first- yeah, it's thats
2: the thing. The whole, the whole Marquez situation overshadowed it. But yeah, Fabio put in a great race.
1: Yeah, first yeah. premier class victory for a French rider since Regis Laconi in 1999 of Valencia, who was a playable character in MotoGP, released in 2000 by Namco on the PlayStation Two. Good times. Now, I, I do think that Fabio has a chance
0: to pull out a big lead early especially if marquez can't race this weekend this is the first time ever that moto gps had back-to-back rounds at the same venue and fabio just won last time out by a large margin I, so... I also
2: the thing is i i think that vinales is not going to make the soft soft tire mistake again
0: no he won't true Ma-
2: uh, vinales was very very fast and then he wasn't
3: yeah because th- that's the thing you know... with maverick if maverick gets a clean run his race pace is outstanding. He's one of the few guys that can give Marquez a run if he gets his race put together right. A lot has to happen, but... That's if,
2: kind of the problem.
3: Yeah, that is that is the issue. But if, 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 if Vinales gets it dialed in, he's very, very hard to beat. Um, he's one of the few guys that can genuinely beat Marquez on pace alone. Um, he might be the only man in the field that can really that could reasonably do it. We saw it last year at Assen and at Sepang. He broke Marquez and won. Um, he's the only man in the field that can do that. So that that's and, va- and
2: at the yeah. same time as well, like they have to. If if Marquez can't race this weekend, they have to they have to make progress while the sun shines. Because if any of them, if Davi, Vinales, or Fabio drop the bike or have a bad race. Or they start taking points off each other, and Marquez is a resemblance of his former self. He's gonna be coming at them like a fucking train.
0: Yeah, Yeah, but I'm I'm worried about the round after Bruno because again we have back to back rounds at the Red Bull Ring, where maybe Davi could get two in a row. Probably could. Yeah,
2: that is that's like a Ducati. That's as much of a Ducati bank around as we're gonna have on this calendar. And the person who was challenging them last year, we must reiterate, just broke his fucking arm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. So you know there's going to be a lot. Oh, there's going to be a lot to shake up here. Next week's show is going to be very interesting indeed. Running down the rest of the business. Jackass in fourth. Great result on the pramatic for Jack Miller once again. He really is becoming a top flight level runner on a on a regular you basis. Could throw there. a blanket.
1: You can throw a blanket over this four, five, six. Cause they were separated by just three tenths. Yeah, Miller, fourth. Are. Morbidelli, fifth. Also, KTM <laughs> sipping time. Polish Spartan, six to Miguel Oliveira, eight.
2: King, King, the floor is yours. Your mans.
0: Oh, man. <sighs> it's it's such a shame he's going to be bouncing at the end of the year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be fine. Look at Brad Bender down in 13th.
0: He Lord did fall to Binder. the back of the field,
1: but he was lapping at the same pace as Corderaro trying to get back into the points.
0: Though, quick question, does does Paul Spagaro feel like Carlos Sainz Jr. right now? Might be. Yes, Might yes do. he does.
3: <laughs> again, it goes to show you the structure of Honda. Who's the test rider at KTM
0: again, King? Oh, do you... <laughs>
2: Uh, i mean
1: it's jorge
0: like <laughs> the no, other one it's, nope. uh, it's
1: a man who's sta- it's a man who stands about three foot six oh danny pedrosa.
0: pounds Yeah, some. Sure am well, why, why did Spaniel. i completely forget that danny pedrosa Hobbes has been burning through people that's what
2: i I, I i don't get like it's where was this ktm we didn't see an ounce of this in preseason.
3: No, everybody God was damn. saying. That, everybody was saying the project was doomed. And next thing you know, they've got a mainline team and their junior team in the top eight. Um, and Brad Binder had genuine race-winning level pace underneath him.
0: Um, crazy yeah, stuff. like the the biggest question that a lot of people are asking is like mainly like the KTM's never lacked power. That's never been questioned. No, sir. How's how's this bike able corner now? How?
2: Yeah, because they're still on WP suspension instead of O lens, which everyone else uses, and they still got still on the fucking steel
0: trellis. The steel now, trellis.
2: No, no. now st- steel steel beam, not steel trellis. They changed. Okay, and, and yes, there is a distinction because they are very similar. Yes, yes. So, so major frame change. The bike, uh, the bike, it didn't suck. In fact, it it, it very unsucked.
1: Very impressive showing. KTM's good. KTM might be good now, as opposed to Aprilia, whose hype just completely fell flat. Bradley Smith finishing last. Melesa Spargro puts it on the floor after a couple laps. Yep.
2: They looked awful. They looked fucking terrible this weekend. All that preseason hype. All that shit talking by Alish <laughs> and Andrea Iannone, and it fell to nothing.
1: Yeah. Though look. to be fair, um, I don't know how much Andrea impact input is worth right now, considering he's just chilling at home in between uh, arbitration dates. Well, he shouldn't have pissed hot. It helps. Uh, I, you, Pramac were good. Miller fourth. Pramak seventh. Both of them finishing ahead of the factory, Ducati and Petrucci in ninth. Just yeah, apparently he
3: actually came together with his teammate in the early going and fell down the order a touch. Um, Ooh, yeah. Don't
2: do oh, that. the uh, the the red Italian team mission winner strap.
3: Of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, as mentioned, uh, Miguel Oliveira in eighth for Tech Three. This kid is insane. How the hell did he pull that one out? Um, f- like eighth place, a career high finish for Miguel Oliveira. The um, Petrucks in 9th Sakanakagami as mentioned Top Honda in 10th Johan Zarco with Avintia in 11th uh, The other Marquez Alex in 12th Brad Binder in 13th, again, a lot more impressive than the 13th makes out. Tito Rabat in 14th place, and Bradley Smith, the last of the finishers, in 15th. Five non-finishers, the aforementioned Marquez. I got a quona who sadly chucked it up the river with uh, six laps to go. Rossi who suffered a mechanical failure and had to park it with seven laps l- left. Um, Alicia Spagaro and Joanne Mir who both binned it early on. Um again Marquez brought the entertainment. That's what you're here for. Go find the highlights on YouTube and thank me later. Right. Moto two and uh Yeah, this one was a pretty comfortable one. Sadly, like This was the old not-so-great cliche of a Moto2 race being largely mediocre. Um, Unfortunately, it was was Luca Marini that took the whole shot and, you know, didn't look back, really. Um, Yeah, he came under a bit... Luca Marini, isn't
2: that uh, that Valentino Rossi's half-brother? Stop it! Stop it! Wait, Luca Marini (laughs) is
1: Valentino
3: Rossi's half-brother? They never mention it ever. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, I missed this race, and apparently, um, from what I'd heard as we were talking about this, did I did I miss a whole lot? No, you didn't
2: miss much.
3: Um, the only big shocker was Jorge Navarro not making it past the first lap. Um, he Ooh, was yeah,
1: uh, looks bad. He
3: was nudged off in a turn two bottleneck on the opening lap, and uh, was was taken out by Marco Bezzecchi, uh, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, that was what... And, and Jorge Navarro was Buki's favourite going into the season, uh, which is a bit of a minor shock there where that's concerned. Uh, Bez wouldn't make it either. He binned it on his own, I think, from... I think while he was running third or something like that um, in the middle period, I think it was lap eighty or lap six, he binned it, unfortunately. So that was a... So that, I, I guess if the racing gods wanted to give out some karmic justice, uh, there you go. But uh, Muka Marini came under a little bit of pressure from Tetsuya Nagashima. Um, but, uh, Nagashima could never really get close enough to mount a full attack. Marini would win comfortably by 1.2 seconds over Nagashima. Jorge Martin, who qualified on pole and would end up in third, just didn't quite have the race pace on the Calex this time round. He had a bit of, a little bit of pressure from Sam Lowe's in fourth, who, Again, shout out to the new Moto2 graphics who have the first letter of the first name and then the first three of the second name. So Sam, so Sam's name, as you can probably guess if you've worked out in your head, wasn't particularly nice looking on the uh, timing tower. Slow,
0: oh dear. Uh,
3: Sam Lowe's was fourth. Aaron <laughs> Cannett, whose body is now an entire tattoo, well, I have to mention this because I don't know if anybody saw this during the off season. Aaron Cannett had his helmet design tattooed on him, and I mean like all of him. Google it if you haven't got a chance already. It's kind of crazy. Aaron Canna in fifth. Great ride for him. Afi Siren. Remember him? The fish is up there in sixth. Truly a fish yes. out of water. Um, Remy Garner in seventh. Lorenzo Bardasari, eighth. A Bastianini ninth. Xavi Vierge, tenth. For the Patronus team. Stefano Manzi, eleventh. Vector Garzo, twelfth. One of the big title contenders, Augusto Fernandez, down in thirteenth in his first his second race for Mark VDS, struggled out there again. Nicolo Buliga, fourteenth, and Simone Corsi rounding off the points in fifteenth. For those on the American hype train, Joe Roberts down in P seventeen. Uh, no. for- no. yeah.
2: no. it
3: make- if it makes you feel any better, British interest, i.e., Jake Dixon, had to do a double long lap penalty for jumping the start. So that was fun. Um, he, w- he would finish in 18th unfortunately, as Dana Porter in 19th, the uh, last year's Moto3 champion uh, 7 DNFs, as mentioned, Jorge Navarro uh, Summit Cat Chantra Bo Schneider fell, Marco Bezecchi fell on his own, Marcel Schrotter had it parked in the wall Fabio DG Antonio crashing out was a bit of a bummer As well, Um, Thomas Luti binned it with three laps to go. The gatekeeper falling over and uh, Marcos Ramirez, who crashed on the final lap. How unfortunate um, for him. So, yeah, uh, a comfortable win for the half brother um, on that one. Um, oof, moto Free, and, well, let's just say it was extremely moto
1: Free. Uh. Now, this race, I was awake to watch, and good decision on my part.
3: Yes, we, we've mentioned it many a time on this show, moto Free is a punch-up where a race eventually breaks out in the last two laps, and this was no exception. The minor case of the top nine coming over the line before a second had elapsed. As you yes, do, you do. Um, and uh, again, it, it was it was passes, elbows out, all sorts. It, we get to the final lap. We get to the final corner, and the, it's four wide going into the final corner between Albert Arenas. Um, Darren Binder, John McPhee and Ayagura who had snuck into the lead group on the final lap hoping nobody would notice
1: Dude. <laughs> This was wild this um, Arenas was third starting the final lap and I want to say he was third going into the final he quarter was, he was of this he, race
3: He was third going in He's on the outside, you're thinking, well, he hasn't got a hope in hell. Um, here. So, what happens is Agura goes for the big lunge for the win, alongside Tony Arbelino. Neither of them get there. Arbelino, like, gives Binder the shoulder. And and then Binder puts it in the gravel. He nudges McPhee, who also goes into the gravel, and McPhee gets launched off the bike. Um Oh, and like, honestly, if you you see BT Sports Twitter, there is a hilarious reaction gif of Susie Perry and Neil Hodgson in a socially distant studio reacting. And I think Hodgson may have uttered some expletives off camera when he sees McPhee's (laughs) bike hit the gravel in the most BT Sports imaginable finish. Um... To be fair, McPhee didn't deserve that. He probably did deserve a spot on the podium. He was just unlucky, really, just a racing incident. He, like, it was, it was, it was like a freeway. You know those machines that, you know, those balls in the ball bearings where one comes out and one in and the other one comes through? That's kind of what this was. (laughs) Um, somebody had to get, somebody got nudged. And unfortunately, the one, the one, the one that got nudged on the outside was McPhee. And he couldn't keep it together. Uh he would he did not make the flag, unfortunately. And Albert Arenas won by a nose. Um third going into the final corner, wins it going over the line, and a genius last corner, up and under, over Iagura in second, who beat Arbolino over the line by two hundredths of a second for a podium spot. Andrea Aminio, remember him, in fourth. Celacino Vietti, who led a good chunk of the race, he was in fifth. Uh Raul Fernandez in P6. Gabi Rodrigo seventh, Azuki Suzuki eighth, who was on the poles who was on the pole position, Niccolo Antonetti in ninth, Jiao tenth. Um, as I mentioned, everybody up to ninth. Point nine between them going over the line. Crazy stuff. Uh Jal tenth, Ayumi Sasaki eleventh, Nepa thirteenth, Romano Fanati thirteenth. Get your jokes in here. Alonso Lopez fourteenth. <laughs> and uh, That's
2: very odd, Brad.
3: And uh, Jeremy Alcoba ran off the points in fifteenth. Uh, again, absolute madness. big, Some big news DNFs. John McPhee, as mentioned, crashing on the final lap. Um, Kaito Toba crashed in the middle of the race. Darren Binder was up there, but he was a casualty towards the end. He would finish in 18th place. And Sergio, not the goal for Garcia. We mentioned him. He had to start from the back. Um, he would come through into into like, he was in the new group, then he had to take a long lap penalty for just a track limit. the
1: points. Yeah. yeah. Just, then he had to take a long lap.
3: Yeah, track limits warning. and uh, Rule of thumb, they give you free warnings on track limits. If you go over it a fourth time, it's a long lap penalty. And uh, Garcia was the victim of that. Go watch the moto free race. As usual, it was carnage. Um, and finally, Moto E, the first race of the weekend. The World Cup is back for Season 2. New tyres, they're all going to be going a lot faster. It was a six-lap race um, um, at... Uh, the circuit, the angle, and the Eto in Haref, of course. And it was a beat down by Eric Granado, who would win by just over three seconds in the end. Honestly, I love that on social media, The best, that Granado saying the best part of his win was after the race when he was able to celebrate. And he said, I didn't know I could wheelie a 280-kilo motorcycle. <laughs> As you do.
1: Yeesh. That's like the size of a freaking Harley Davidson cruiser.
3: Yeah, like yeah. They're almost twice as heavy as a MotoGP prototype at this point. They're about 156. And an a, a electric motor e-bike is about 280. it's um, like the size of a Honda Goldwing. Yeah, it's it's, it's a big boy. Very chunky. Now, you see
2: those uh, you see those stunt videos on YouTube of someone just out here wheeling a Goldwing. like that. <sighs>
3: yeah, pretty much. Uh, the <laughs> reigning World Cup winner Matteo Ferrari was second over the line over our slide job man himself, Dominique Agata, who's in the class this year, in third. Lucas Tullovich, fourth. Mateo Casaidi, in fifth. Jordi Torres is here, everybody. He jumped over from World Bikes at the last minute. Hey! Spanish
1: Elvis has arrived.
3: Uh-huh. Uh huh. He was in sixth. Alejandro Medina, seventh. Xavier Simeon, eighth. Josh Hook, ninth. Mike Domeglio, tenth. Nikki Tuli 11th, Tommaso Macron 12th, Nicolo Canaba 13th, Zafi Cardenas 14th, Maria Herrera gets a point in 15th ahead of Jakob Cornfile, who's taking uh, Bradley Smith's spot in the interim while he obviously fills in for Aprilia for at least the next couple of rounds, and Alex De Angelis was the last of the finishers in 17th, who jumped the start. Um, <laughs> whoops.
1: Um so uh that was fun. Um oh oh jump start, double long lap penalty, then a twenty one second ride through time penalty. Yeah, he ignored
3: he only took one of the two long laps. He didn't realise it was a double long lap penalty, so the sport punished him by making him take a twenty one second time penalty. Instead, it dropped him from, mm. from from tenth to stone dead last. Bad luck, some Oh dear. Uh so yeah. A very dramatic weekend of action at Haref. Certainly one to keep an eye on. We'll be back once again for the second edition this weekend. Will Mark Marquez race? We'll have to wait and see. Also, we didn't realise this. um, A bit of a little little bit of breaking news has come through from RaceFans.net. Looks like Nurburgring is going to be on the 2020 F1 calendar.
0: Freestrecker lives. We're going back to the ring, yeah. boys. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, if Codemasters could just—if Code Masters could just add it to the game,
1: goddamn Yeah, damn it. they've got it. They've—they've uh, they've already got it modeled. Surely they can. Right.
3: But apparently, they're not adding any of the new tracks via DLC, so that's a bloody disappointment. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Codemasters, genius at play.
3: It's looking like they'll announce it in the next couple of days. It looks like they're going to be adding Portimao and Imola as well as a triple header in October.
1: <laughs>
3: I read so that, somewhere that, that
1: they were thinking of adding Sapang. So pain has been no. rumored as well. Oh boy, like, so we're going to have three
2: Italian rounds for three rounds of Italian Ferrari disappointment.
1: Our Ferrari therapy is on the net show. Yeah, <laughs> considering
0: that they're doing three races in October, I it seems highly unlikely that they're going to go out east to Asia.
3: I was going to say, isn't that like monsoon season out there as well? Like, I don't think you want that as bad as you think. But, uh, yeah, there is rumors about no, it. No, we'll
2: just get more, uh, we'll get more clips of Kimmy eating ice cream.
3: Oh, goody. That hasn't been milked to death in the last decade. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, looking like Portimao, Imola, um, and the Burgering in October. So that should be fun. Well, at least two of the free rounds, Not anyway. Not the Nordschleife. No. No Discord. Bad hey. Discord. Behave yourselves. Right.
1: <laughs> oh. I'm looking over as we're recording this, uh, Vic's, uh, sweating this
2: Brentford game. Everybody gangsta until the car bottoms out in the carousel. He's
3: sweating the Brentford game, I'm sweating the United game that's won all with, like, eight minutes to go in, in, the, in the Champions League fight, and it's all just going to suck. Um,
1: so and I've just resigned myself to the fact that Atlanta United's not good anymore.
3: Oh, good. It's... We don't talk football on this show anymore. Everybody just... it's Everybody's just miserable. Sod that. Right... This quick Come minutes. back,
1: Jose. Come back, Joseph.
3: <laughs> After this, keep me's into the Ruby back, and we'll talk about double the corn, double the fun, IndyCar in Iowa.
1: Simon, where are you? Simon! Where are you, my French friend? Yeah! And ironically, those two were the stars of the show. The double Iowa corn 250. Or is it just the Iowa 250 now? I think it's just
0: the Iowa no, 250. I think it's just the Iowa
1: I 250, it's the Iowa
3: 250. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... With less It's corn. okay. Uh,
1: should we just... But the corn is there in our spirits.
2: Yeah, the corn is there in spirit, and, um... As I said earlier, no qualifying, no problem.
1: So
3: we have to talk about qualifying first because as we mentioned last week, it was a very unique format. It was a two-lap run as normal, but they would split the laps up and then the first lap would confirm the grid for the first race and the second lap would confirm the grid for the second race and it was all going pretty bog-standard until... Oh my God, Connor Daly's on pole for race one! ah!
2: For a time, he was like three mile per hour clear of the field.
3: Everybody was like, oh my god, what's happening here? Um, Let's let's give you a rundown.
1: Uh, Connor Daly drives for uh, the Carlin team, which is now in their third year of IndyCar, and famously had three of their four prepared cars miss the Indianapolis 500 last year. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden... Get this man a full-time drive.
2: Their preparation helped contribute to... uh, To the McLaren Meltdown and the Sunset Orange Cock Award.
1: Yeah. But now Connor Daly's here. He needs a full-time ride. Great performance.
3: Piggybacks to Trevor Carlin and warm embraces all around. We saw Katie Hargett in the paddock there. Filming it as Daly's confirmed he was on pole for race one. And everybody at the Carlin team went nuts. Uh, Like Carlin's first pole since coming into the series. Awesome result. Daily's first career pole position in IndyCar. Just fun times and awesomeness all around for everybody. Everybody loved this. Um, Joseph Newgarden was on pole for race 2. More on that later. Um, <laughs> Cam, the floor is yours. This is your moment. Talk about race 1. You know you want to. Ah,
2: Race 1. Well, Penske didn't throw sure. this one away. I can't believe it. They ended their Kobe Bryant tribute of throwing races straight into the trash.
1: It was a bit eventful, though. Uh, We lost one Penske car early on.
2: Yeah, that that was kind of the trigger to uh, save Pagano's race. So, what we did mention, in qualifying, Pagano had a fuel system problem.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: No laps, started dead last for both races. Lap one, and he just starts to pass cars with reckless abandon. He's going on the low side, through the middle, through the top. Cutting through the field. While at the front, Daly was able to hold off Newgarden for a few laps, but eventually Newgarden's speed was just too much. Well, I forget. I think it was on lap 81. We get some pit stops, and oh no, finger trouble. Again? Will Power's team did not get the left front wheel on correctly. The wheel came off. Wall. I have him down as uh, retiring on one forty two. One forty two. So I could just be completely wrong and misremembering,
1: yeah. and that's fine. It <sighs> that was halfway through the race. Uh, willpower is already out, and you're thinking, right? What could possibly happen next to compound this? Right? Oh God, no!
2: Oh, that's i that, I'm flying through the air. This is not good.
3: Yeah, a, a big collision between Renus VK and Colton Hurter. Um, uh, I, the aero screen had its first unfortunate test. Um, bit two and one, yeah, big, two tests in one. Indeed, a big incident. Curta goes flying, you know, front nose towards the catch fence. Thankfully, everybody okay. Um, test passed with flying colors, boys. Um, nice work. Um, obviously, you never want to have an accident. Yeah, because not
2: only, uh, yeah, not only did Herda's car. You can see, skim the top of VK's arrow screen. A piece of wing came down very nearly on a, was it Ericsson's
3: car? I think it was, yeah, Yeah. the Husky Chocolate car, yeah.
2: Yeah, it came down right on the arrow screen. Oof.
3: Lucky, Lucky escape on that one, but yeah, thankfully, everybody okay.
2: Yep, this promoted Pagino and Dixon and a select few others to the front of the pack. Thus engages the most polite bar fight ever, where they're having to save fuel, they're on dead tires while others are getting to pit and put on fresh rubber, and Pagano and Dixon engage in 20 laps of slow hot lapping, where they're running very far off the pace, trying to save fuel, but cutting perfect laps, as perfect and as they can. And they gotta they deal with
0: traffic.
2: And they gotta deal with traffic, which for the most part was faster than them because they were on the fresh rubber. hmm Pagino holds Dixon off for the last-to-first challenge.
3: Yeah! He's done it again. Pagano recovers from a horrific qualifying session and somehow wins from the back. He started 23rd on the grid out of 23, and
1: he wins it by half a second over Dixon. Because, of course... That's got to be yeah, so Dixon. demoralizing to everybody else. It's like... When everybody that saw Mark Marquez slide off at her rest was just like, how is this motherfucker passing me? How? <laughs> he was 50 foot deep in the gravel. <sighs> it's,
2: it's, it's the Steve and Amy. We just can't beat this guy. Uh, and just ahead of Dixon as well, Dixon had an awful qualifying session as well.
1: Yeah. Only 17.
2: Yeah, this is actually, I think this is the first race where Dixon's points lead is actually taken a hit.
3: Somehow the way the way the season has played out so far, yeah, Pagano beating Dixon, Oliver Askew on the podium for Schmidt Peterson, nice,
1: great day for Aero McLaren SP. Yep,
2: first of the drivers who had to uh, had to pit another time took fresh tires. For a time, we thought he was going to run them down, but it looks like he just burned his tires off. He was cutting multiple seconds a lap out of them at one point.
3: Yep. Yeah. Third and fourth in the end. Um, for the SPMs, as Pado Award finish finishing fourth. Joseph Newgarden in fifth. Uh, Alex Rossi, another solid day out for him in, in, in sixth place. He needs more days like that. You don't know Jack. Harvey in seventh place. Connor Daly couldn't quite convert Paul to win, but I think he'll take happily take an eighth place in the grand scheme of things. Marcus Erickson, ninth. Amazingly, he was the last of the dudes on the lead lap. Takuma Sato, 10th. Alex Pelew 11th. Graham Rahul, 12th. Santucci, 13th. King Felix in 14th. Uh, Oval Master, Ed Carpenter, is back in 15th. Captain America in 16th. Charlie Kimball, 17th. Uh, Tony Khan, 18th. Renus, and the last of the finishers, really, even though he had a pit stop issue of his own in lap 213. As mentioned, Renus VK and Colton Herter had that hellacious accident. Luckily, both okay. Willpower, with uh, three wheels on his wagon, uh, was a DNF there. And uh, Marco Andretti and Zach Veach both had mechanical failures in the pits, unfortunately. Uh, Marco Andretti's miserable season continues. We really thought it was going to be his year in this Discord. We really did. Oh, uh, why
2: would you? Why would you go there? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. It, it, it seems to be a running theme with Andretti, where they can only get half of their cars home.
3: Yeah, it's like it's like I have a really really good day or a really really bad one, as you do. Um,
2: bit like they're a uh, bit like BMW with them in Formula E. One car has a great race; the other one ends up in a wall.
1: <laughs> yeah, the that, yin and the That out. was a theory proposed to us by a friend of the show, Zoe Hamilton.
3: Indeed. Race 2. Um, remember that time in Iowa a couple of years ago when uh, when Joseph Nugon... Stop
2: flexing, RJ. <laughs> you
3: know that time a couple of years ago when Nugon literally hammered the field into submission? Um, with, with a broken a, uh, collarbone.
2: With, yeah, with a broken <laughs> collarbone and a wrist injury.
3: Yeah. Guys, he got the belt out again. Um, <laughs>
2: no
1: collarbone problems this time, but that's okay. I'll take Two hundred and fourteen laps led on a pull to win victory in a Penske one-two finish.
2: The, yeah, this was a uh, this was a ultra beat him down s
3: indeed. <gasps> ultra from Joseph Newgarden. It was a colossal beating. Led two hundred and fourteen out of two hundred and fifty. Didn't really have a challenger. Will Powell was the only man that was in the same postcode really. Um, and he could only settle for second, which, hey, given the way, se- well, well, the way Will Power season has played out, um, second is like a divine miracle at the moment, um, because, boy, he's uh, not having the best of times out there in the championship, but he's clawing his way back up the field. You'll see in a minute. Mm-hmm. Graham Rahal grabs the lead for a handful of laps. Um, thirteen of them to be precise. Uh, but still finished on the podium. Good drive from from Graham, uh, in the RLL car. Pagano
2: again,
0: quite
2: a, not quite a, a last to first, last to fourth, and very nearly made it a Penske one-two-three. Rear tires fell off near uh near the end of the race, so he couldn't quite make it happen, but. Talk about comeback.
3: Make it stop. He's just too good at this. Like, really. Please just
1: fucking qualify better. You're, you're going to start winning more. Yeah, I think it's his good luck charm to just uh, skip qualifying, start at the back, um, power your way through the field. Scott ditson did the same. Happy 40th birthday, uh, Mr. Scott Ronald Ditson. Scott Dixon, <laughs> ageless.
3: Scott Dixon, still fifth, still ageless, still racking up the big boy results. Oliver Askew in sixth. Again, a real good Iowa weekend for Askew, indeed. You don't know Jack? No, seriously. He really is actually good now. Like, holy crap. Seventh again for Harvey. That that Shank-Andretti partnership is doing wonders right now. They are in contention like every race this season that we've watched. Like, it is insane. Um, You can make a legitimate argument
2: that he should have a couple podiums by now,
1: yeah. Because I have uh the IndyCar series have like their three takeaways of each weekend, uh, outside some of like the main storylines. And one of them is that Harvey is finally getting the finishes that his pace deserves, the others are that Marcus Erickson uh, has five straight top 10 finishes and is putting together a good run. And of course, Aaron McLaren SP had a great weekend, uh, Paddle Award. Would have been in a shop and fighting for the win uh, in race two until, uh, until his last pit stop. And then the team realized that one of the wheels wasn't on tight. Uh, <laughs> as you so instead, he's a lap down in 12 when he could have been contending to snatch the win away from Joseph.
3: Indeed. Alex Rossi in 8th, Marcus Ericsson ninth, Marco in the top 10! Hooray! Good for him. He
0: finished the yes. race, ladies and gentlemen! Yes! Yes! Tony Canal 11th,
3: Fatima <laughs> Got a daily 13th, Alex Palou 14th, King Felix 15th, Charlie Kimball 16th, Greeners VK 17th, Santucci 18th, Colton Herta 19th, Zach Veach 20th. Of course, Veach is having a miserable time, um, lately. Ooh. Whew, My word. Um, needs a little help in that Andretti down there uh, Takuma Sato in 21st And unfortunately contact would, would, with, with the wall would put Ryan Hunter Ray and Ed Carpenter Out early uh, Unfortunately Laps 178 and 112 Respectively Championship standings And yeah like un- un- Dixon came out of this weekend Relatively unscathed Which is you know As yeah. uh, it- you
2: know Pagino did a little damage, but it's a dent. Yeah, it's a dent, it's not much more. Yeah. It's considering how Pagino likes to start his seasons, which is to say, he starts his season about two months after the season actually starts, I'll take it.
3: Yeah, it's uh Whew. Gotcha. Uh yeah. 59 point lead for Dixon. He has two forty four. Um, Pagano has 195 Joseph Newgarden 191 in third, oh look at Newgarden creeping back up the board again, Paddle Award is still 4th yeah. overall on 162 what a season he's Paddle Award
1: is having a great year
3: great year, like SPM is, is has SPM finally found it's
1: top tier runner, I wonder like, and, and, and I think like, they may have found two. Like, I, yeah, obviously, it sucks that James Hinchcliffe is not part of the team for really shitty reasons. It's a shame that Robert Wickens is not part of this team for really shitty reasons. But incredibly shitty. They've teams. got, they've got, they've got some two good drivers worth in noting, their place. Um, worth
2: noting, I believe. Uh, is this the weekend that Wickens was actually on site giving them advice? I believe it was.
3: Great to see. Great to see. You, there
1: is only one.
3: you love to see it. Uh, Willpower in fifth. Hanging on in there on 142. He's ahead of Graham Rayhall on countback. Colton Herter on 140 in seventh. Marcus Erickson eighth on 137. Uh, King Felix in ninth on and 120. And Alex Rossi rounding off the top 10 on 118. Scott Dixon has
1: him outscored 2 to 1. Have but Alexander age. Rossi is back in the top 10. Yeah, which <laughs> seemed almost inconceivable after the first handful of races.
3: Yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy how it swings on a diamond in indie car very very quickly um, because of the fifty point scoring system and whatnot. But uh, yeah, good to see you out, Rossi, back in the top ten where he belongs. Really, but uh, yeah, the damage might already be done in terms of a title push this season. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Any other news you want us to get through before we get to the end segment?
1: Yeah, because I know uh, the the next IndyCar race is uh, August 9th, so we actually got a little bit of a break. Oh, and we also know two weeks off, then we're at Mid-Ohio, and then we start ramping up for the 104th Indianapolis 500, which is going to have less spectators than we originally anticipated a couple weeks ago.
0: Yes, they have. uh,
1: Instead of 50% capacity
2: like what we were thinking was going to happen— Instead, there's going to be kind of dread, well, not kind of dreading, absolutely dreading considering the uh, current state of the United States uh, and Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, but they lowered the attendance cap to 25% of IMS's capacity, and they ended the the Indianapolis, uh, the
1: Indiana uh, TV blackout. It took them way too long to figure that shit out. But I'm glad they're doing it.
3: Yeah, uh, good to see, good to see. Although, 87,500 as a max capacity still makes it the biggest mass gathering since the pandemic began.
0: Um, That's that's an
1: NFL stadium worth of people.
0: Yeah, out out of context, out of context, recently, both the New York Jets and the New York Giants announced that this NFL season, when and if it begins... Won't have any fans attend any NFL game at MedLife Stadium, wow. which has a capacity of eighty-two and a half thousand
1: people. That's a
0: lot. Of though money. to be
1: fair, um, though to be fair, there's not much incentive to go to the Jets games, and if things start going the way of the Washington uh they may have less incentives. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. So yeah, that is still set to be the biggest, largest, biggest mass gathering since the pandemic began. Masks will be mandatory. Yeah. I think the I think the track is drawing up a full. I think it said
0: eighty-seven page health document. Eighty-eight. Oh, eighty-eight. Mm. Eighty-eight pages. Yeah.
2: Doing it for Dale Jr.
0: Yeah. And Doug Bowles. Doug Bowles has already been vocal. Masks are mandatory. If you don't, they will remove you. Wow. Good. Good.
3: He's like, yeah. if you're gonna do um, it, that's what you have to do. As far
1: this has to be policed. Uh, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, so uh, yeah. yeah. Do we know of anything else that's happening outside of the F1 bubble? Because we'll talk about that in 250. Yep.
2: Well, uh, NASCAR happened. Um, keep this one short. Kyle Busch was disqualified from the Xfinity race hey!
1: after winning.
0: They actually winning.
2: <laughs> did the DSQ rule. Yeah, they actually did the DSQ rule. He failed inspection. Therefore, Austin Sindrick inherits the win for Penske. Uh, hell of a weekend for Penske. Scotty McLaughlin won the first Supercars race in Sydney. I'm drawing a blank on who won the second race. Yeah,
0: let me look that up. Drum Um. rolling.
2: Drum rolling. (laughs) I I, I checked it like 10 minutes ago and now I don't remember.
1: (laughs) Says a lot about the state of the weekend when it was that forgettable from 10 minutes ago. So it was Pagano, New Garden, and IndyCar, Cendric, one, and NASCAR, Xfinity. Austin Dillon won in the Cup Series. That's fine, I guess. Um, yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Austin Dillon won in Texas. Moving on.
1: Anything else?
0: Okay. Yeah, because it was it was three races this weekend for Australian Supercars.
1: Yeah. Supercars on supercars on supercars. Yeah, we had like it's our uh, one of our resident Australians brought up a statistic that was just like. Of, like, they've run like 90 something races, and like most of them have been won by either Shane Van Gisbergen or Scott McLaughlin, the big dick two, as it were. (laughs) (laughs) So, McLaughlin, it was was, uh, Nick Perkat and Jack LeBrot uh, who won the second Sydney Super Sprint. Yeah, I was thinking
2: uh, of LeBrock. I had forgotten entirely
1: about Perkat because I forgot it was three races. Dude, Nick Percat, uh, as we're wrapping things up, Nick Percat, that's a man with two cat puns in his last name. <laughs> I think that's powerful. Double dipping. Uh, final
2: piece, Sergio Sete Camera replacing um, Brendan Hartley at Dragon in Formula E. For a's. the
1: Berlin Sex oh Yeah,
0: and they reveal the track layouts for, for the Berlin Sex Tuple where... The first pair of races will be a reverse of the traditional layout. Middle two, the traditional layout. And then they decided a new layout for the last two. Which At least feels, they're not all exactly the same. Yeah, they're not ex- yeah. all exactly the same. Uh, the new layout is a bit... It's a bit, feels longer. A bit, a bit longer. It looks, looks very F1 inspired. Definitely. So now we have...
1: Uh, we have Super Berlin Tempelhof Airport. We have Super Berlin Tempelhof Airport. The lost levels, the reverse version, <laughs> the Los and Los 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 new Super Tempelhof Airport. <laughs> Wii U Deluxe.
2: You see, this is what they should do with the Nurburgring in F one, where one race is the Grand Prix track, one is the twenty four hour track, mm. one is the Nordschleife, one is the tourist
1: layout. <laughs> oh my lord! It'd be perfect. Oh, man, that's wild i think that's all the racing news that we have outside the f1 bubble um uh dre is gonna wrap us up with with some with some something very important
3: yeah um they 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 already got in a circle and nominated me to handle this bit because of
0: course they did um (laughs) well whoa nobody got nominated you volunteered
3: RJ suggested it, and I, I was like, alright.
2: Um, okay, actually news just came out about four minutes ago about IndyCar. Uh, oh. Looks like we might be getting some additional doubleheaders, as some of the remaining West Coast races this year are in question amid the coronavirus pandemic. Yes, I, I would Adam not Sturt. be
0: surprised if Laguna and Portland are under doubt due to recent events. Yeah, Portland. Especially Portland.
3: Mm, yeah, Portland definitely. So, yeah, um, unless you've been living under a rock, if you're a motorsport fan on Twitter um, in the last three or four days or so, there's been a couple of nasty exposures that uh, was revealed about. A couple of guys within the F1 space, one that I'm a prominent journalist. I'm not going to mention names because the main person involved is now in the middle of a police investigation. So if I do mention them by name, it could compromise that case. And Yes,
0: or if we do mention this person's name, we'd have to constantly use the word allegedly. Yeah, and... That's not fun, um, and
3: it's going to be troublesome. So I, I think it's easier in my case if we, if I don't mention it by name. Like I said, it's a, it's a, it's under a police investigation, and I don't want to see that case compromised. So again, if you guys are talking about it on the internet, please be careful. You know, if you really do want to see this guy get brought to justice, it is in your best interest to be careful about the wording and language you take on the internet. But said person. Was essentially outed as a long standing, uh, multiple time sexual harasser, um, and with some despicable acts involved. Again, it's, it's everything you could imagine DMs, harassment, unsolicited, shall we say, content to put it mildly. You can probably guess what I'm referring to here. Um, just it's been all put out there over the last shall we say three or four days it's not just him there's a couple of other prominent names um on a personal level I know one of the victims is a very close personal friend of mine and it just made my skin crawl seeing this come out basically and it's it's horrifying to, to to read. It's even more horrifying when you realise this. This took five years for this to be exposed. This the original incidents in question were from twenty fifteen, and we ha- we personally have had rumblings about this from even further back than that. Um, it's abhorrent. It's disgusting. People like that have no business in any community, in any walk of life, um, and we have to do better it is it is as simple as that we and unfortunately it's going to have to come down to us men for us to do better in this space this is and i've said it many a time on this podcast off this podcast on video to people who know people that know me well i've always said it it is about as male dominated a sport as it gets we heard it when mercedes revealed their diversity numbers as an example their team was 88 percent 88 percent male kind of says it all. um, When the team representing the the Formula One on the highest level has a makeup where nine in every ten are men, nine to nine in every ten are men and unfortunately this is a this is a man problem and it's horrible and unfair for women that have been victims of this to take the brunt and try to figure out ways of solving this. It's going to come down to us and we have to do better. Uh, We have to do so much better. No one should feel like they should be uncomfortable talking about or being in an environment that makes them uncomfortable, especially when it's over something they love, like this sport. And it's, it's disgusting and things have got to change. And if it takes... And, you know, it should be normal. It should be normal to out and warn people of disgusting creeps like them that have done this you know it should be normal but unfortunately it isn't and that's why And I'm sure I speak for everybody here uh, we salute the incredible bravery and courage of all the women involved that have come out and said their stories you know and for the good of everybody hopefully it'll make this space a safer one going forward Please, please stop harassing people on the internet. Like, I I cannot stress this enough. Like, we had... I can't believe I'm talking about this. Like I said, it was four months after the Erica... Like, three... Four weeks after the Erica North incident we had as well, and that was disgusting enough. And we've had another major outing like this. Like, only... You know... Only... Weeks later. And now we're seeing more incidents like gatekeeping come into play as well, which is just so stupid. Like, honestly, like we're out here trying to like we're judging like fans of this community that came into this sport via Drive to Survive on Netflix, especially season two that came out earlier this year. And we're judging them for it. We're testing them on their knowledge, like so, like we're in school playgrounds again, like where you hear, "Oh, you're not really an Arsenal fan? Go name five of their players." And and it's, and it's just like, guys, we can Google this shit, you know. Like, everyone,
2: everyone at some point was a new fan.
3: Look, I've said it before. Formula One, one of the biggest crises it's going to face in the next ten, twenty years is going to be paywalls. Well, the sport gets put behind more and more paywalls. You've already seen it in the UK, China, France. It's going to be Germany very soon as well. That's the trend of where this is going. Where the hell are you going to get new fans from? Like, when you've got to... There's already a gate wall in terms of money in many countries to enjoy this sport. Let alone... Like, we should be praying at the at the altar of Drive to Survive for opening the sport up to so many more people. The amount of stories I've told from people that have watched this show and have become a fan of the sport is awesome. It's undoubtedly yeah. great. I've had people in real man. life, I've had my boss at work come up to me and say, Dre, I know you're an F1 man, I watched Drive to Survive on Netflix, and it's like, yeah, awesome, what did you think of it? You know, who, who did you like? Who did you... F- you know, did, you, did you like the stories? Did you like the cars? Like, what did you like about it? And that's awesome. I love being able to talk about this sport when it's not on a podcast, because we are not a football. We are not a cricket. We're not that popular in, in comparison to other mainstream sports. And this is in the UK that has a bigger F1 fan base than most countries do. Uh, King and according to
0: the- the Formula One themselves, like, those the sports sports fans skew a whole lot older where Mm. F1 themselves last year said that only 14% of people who watch Formula One are under 25. And uh, from 25 to 34, that's, that's 30%. And the average fan is 40 years old. 40.
3: So if we're already married and got a wife and kids, it's crazy. And we're lucky. Like I'll tell you for free on our YouTube channel, I think it's 85% of our viewers are men between 18... Like I think it's, eight, I think it's men between 18 and 34. Um, so the next generation is coming, but the last thing we should be doing as an audience is gatekeeping and putting people off either by putting a barrier up by saying, oh, you've got to know this, this, and this, rather than... look. Any reason to be into this sport is a valid one. I don't care who it is or what the reason is, we should all be embraced and accepted, not to be made uncomfortable, and for fuck's sake, men, stop harassing women in their DMs and in private. It's not hard, okay? Seriously. It's the easiest goddamn part of being a fan of this sport, and yet we still find ways to trip over ourselves. Please. Like... Don't be a dick, as Adam Hills has always said on numerous times. This is not hard, honestly. Please, please, please normalize out-in predators. Support the victims. Believe them. This is a very important thing, because sadly a lot of people don't. And check, check your own behavior. Check your friend's behavior. Check your peer's behavior. Because if we can cut this off at the pass... It'll stop a lot of the unfortunate, bigger, and nastier incidents from potentially happening. It comes down to us as men. We have to do better. Thanks for listening. I've been Andre Harrison. They've been RJ O'Connell, Ryan King, and Cam Buckley. See you next week for episode 250. Sayonara.